Welcome to the Nerds and Friends podcast. My name is Josh. This is my co-host, Will. And today we have Abigail Manning joining us, the author of some amazing looking books. We're so excited to have you on the podcast today, Abigail. Thanks for joining us. Hi, super great to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's jump right in. Tell us about your books that you have out. So I have two books out right now, but I will actually have a third within the next week. They are... Thank you. They are fairy tale retellings, but they are all one cohesive story that all connects with a different main character in each story. It's called the Emerald Realm series. And so far I've got two in kind of a half. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, tell what was your idea to come up with uh, an interwoven series like that? That's really fascinating. Well, I'm actually not the first person to do it. Fairy tale retellings are definitely a genre on their own. They all are just kind of consistent where you have one uh, main character, usually a female, and they basically encompass the story of a rewritten fairy tale. So my first book is based on Snow White. My second book is based on uh, Goldilocks. And my third that's coming out is based on Cinderella. So each story is kind of a standalone, but if you read between the lines, there's an overarching villain and they all kind of connect and you introduce characters from other books and previous books. So it's kind of worth it to read it in order. That's really cool. That's awesome. Well, how long have you been writing professionally? That's so cool. Since July 2021. Nice. <laughs> so not very long. Hey, that's awesome. You've accomplished so much in such a short time. That's really impressive. <laughs> I've been a little busy, but. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Wild and crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. just over like half a year now. So Approximately. I've kind of, I've. I thought about counting before I got here, and then it just seemed like too much math. So I just said, oh, July, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I I didn't start writing, like, seriously until the pandemic either. So it's been, that's been the silver lining is I'm like, well, I'm home all the time. I might as well. So I've always fancied myself a writer. Let me actually do it, you know. (laughs) So that's awesome. How, How? When did you discover you had a passion for writing? So I always kind of wanted to write. In fact, I almost even changed my degree to English in college and then switched it to theater arts so I didn't have to take a foreign language nice. and got to learn how to make zombie makeup, which sounded really fun too. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so despite not actually studying English, I still kind of always wanted to write somehow and didn't really know how. And then it just kind of one day I was sitting there and thinking, I've got a week off of work. I'm a nanny. So they were gone on vacation. I was like, what, what, what'll happen if I just try? And I just kind of never stopped. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, tell us about your writing. Like, what's your process? Are you a plotter or a pantser? Or like, what's your kind of your approach to storytelling? I'm kind of a very loose plotter where I will kind of gauge how many chapters I want. So I'll usually start with 20. And then I'll put like a little synopsis in what each chapter happens. Like, person dies, you know, person introduces this, like something like a one sentence, like this should happen. And then I'll just kind of free flow from there and adjust the plot as the story progresses. And it's very, very light plotting. And I just, so mostly pantser, but there is some structure to be had. That's a good medium. That's what a lot of our guests have said. The ones that like are the most successful is they're like, they plan it out, but they don't, they don't, you know, ever put themselves in a corner. They let the characters tell the story as it goes. So that's really cool. Yeah, don't that's really interesting, actually, because uh, you you have three books now into this series, uh, and um, with an overarching plot or at least an overarching villain, uh, do you find like as you're making the later books that you're being tied down with what you've already written, or uh, have you kept it open enough that you have still a lot of room to play with? 
I'd say a little bit of both. I know for certain that um, without spoiling anything, I have a villain that since day one or since book one, I knew I wanted to redeem at some point. Mm -hmm. And so I always kind of got to the point. I'm like, okay, I can't really push him too far because he can't be unredeemable. But at the same time, I've had moments where I'm, you know, my fourth book when I finished writing it, which is not ready yet, but it's written. Um, I was going through and I really wanted something to like kind of twist in the end of it, something to really give it some oomph. And I got to the end and I was like, well, there's nothing that says I can't do this. And so I kind of threw in a little surprise twist in there that I did not plan ahead of time, which when, if anyone ever reads that book, when it comes out, they'll understand what I'm talking about, but it was definitely nice. unplanned. <laughs> That's really cool. So you, you just kind of came up with the twist as you were writing. You're just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Yes. I quite oh. literally was sitting in a rocking chair, walking, rocking the one-year-old that I nanny. And it just popped in my head. And I was I didn't even leave work. Yet. I was sitting in their, uh, their driveway. And I texted my husband. I'm like, okay, so imagine this. Because <laughs> he knows all <laughs> my story ideas. And I thought it was hysterical. But it worked. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So your fourth book, you have drafts of, and you're just kind of refining it. But wow, that's yeah. a lot of content to put out in such a short Thank time. You. I actually, um, my fourth book is being edited right now. My fifth book is also done. And I just finished the 17th chapter of my sixth book before hopping on this podcast. That's <laughs> so awesome. All over the place. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's so cool. Hold on. habit. <laughs> Will, so Will is like, months. wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Eight months, and and you're coming up on six books? At the moment, and a short story, which I just finished. But that one's it's a short story for my newsletters. So <laughs> That is that is really impressive. Yeah. I, I have a lot of free time. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, as, as a fellow writer, I'm like, what are, what are some of your, like, routines or processes where you maximize your free time to put mm. out so much content? I'm curious about that. Well, it's honestly just a really simple matter of scheduling. I am basically a part-time nanny, so I get home at two o'clock every day. And my husband doesn't get off work until 4.30. So I have a solid two and a half hours of peace and quiet to just focus in on everything. And sometimes even longer when he gets you know into a project and wants to go build a fence. So it's just the magic of my schedule that I have the time and I'm just taking advantage of it while I have this time. That's awesome. Understandable. Yeah. So how much, uh, I got to ask, like, how much editing do you have to do? Because that is, that is remarkably fast for being able to write that much. Like, how much do you go back and, like, rewrite or edit or any of that? I would say I personally only reread my work one time because I get really, really finicky over it. And then I have three or four different like beta readers who I send it out to first. And then they'll tell me all they're like, they know that it's the rough copy. So they'll like send me a couple grammar fixes or they'll tell me like any big plot things that they bought were bothered by. And so then I'll go back based on however many they like if they all said about the same thing, if one person had a preference and maybe I'll take that in consideration. Um, and I'll just kind of go as many times as I need to. I don't really keep track. And then obviously I do a professional editor who she goes through my stuff and will do a proofread. And so Mm -hmm. it's a multitude. I'm usually editing three or four documents at once nowadays. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I can understand that's still, that's I'm very incredibly efficient. Incredibly efficient. Yeah. (laughs) I was expecting like when you you said, oh, I'm a part-time nanny. So I have like, eight or 10 hours of free time a day, but no, a a couple of (laughs) hours. And that's uh, how fast do you type? 
You know, I don't know. I'd be curious to find out. I would say I get through maybe like 2,000, 3,000 words like a day if I was to guess. I mean, some days it's longer, some days it's shorter because sometimes I'll pick up and put down my laptop four or five times a day if it's, you know, a Saturday and I'm bored and I'll just keep going at it or something. So it's kind of hard to gauge or, you know, back over Christmas, I didn't do anything at all, obviously. So it's kind of like some days I've got really big days where I'll pump out 7,000 words and other days it'll be like, those are the days that I was sick in bed with COVID. So (laughs) I had that in December too. It was delightful. (laughs) 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 Um, but I mean, 7,000 words. I mean, a lot of professional authors, they tend to go for like 15 or 2,000 like oh, a day. Yeah. So like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's really impressive that you're hitting like two to 3,000 on your yeah. regular days. And then on your big days, you're getting seven. That's, that's I mean, incredibly fair, impressive. I don't write epic novels. They're, you know, they're about 70,000 words a piece. They're not super duper long. <laughs> that's that's the length of both my books is about hey, 70,000. Well, so yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm just like, yeah, the rest of the podcast, we're just going to make you do a typing test and just be like, how many words a minute? I'll, <laughs> I'll start messing up. I, I have to look at my fingers when I type to you. I'm one of those people where oh, I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like, it's, it's very focused. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what are some of your, what are your inspirations for like the characters that you build? Like what are some of the like, elements or backgrounds or like character traits that you like to explore in your writing? So because I'm basing my stories off of stories that already existed, I really try to like find the opposite sometimes. So my Snow White characters, Snow White, you first think of Snow White, you think of sweet and, you know, be friends of animals and singing beautiful songs. Well, I kind of thought about it. I'm like, well, Snow White is this perfect princess that is gorgeous, that everyone knows she's gorgeous. And she lives in a castle. She's going to be a bit of a spoiled brat if you really think about it in reality. (laughs) So that's how my character is. She does not start off as the sweet, humble princess. She has to kind of learn a dose of humility and maturity through, you know, being chased by an assassin slash hunter um, and, you know, having to kind of humble herself and hiding with the dwarves, who in this case are uh, women at a laundry mill that she kind of hides in with and gets a job. So it's just kind of like, how can I like, oppose the original or Goldilocks um, my second book she's just all sass she's very she's not the innocent little oh I wandered in here she's completely like she, she's hysterical she's a little firecracker in my opinion <laughs> that's awesome I love how you're subverting and like bringing to not light new character interactions and like like you said you're digging up an old story but you're adding so much new life into it that's really really cool yeah, I mean, that's the only way to do a retelling because otherwise you've heard it before. So you really just got to like figure out how you can be creative with something that was already there. Absolutely. Yeah, and that was actually something I was going to ask because like with when we're dealing with like grim tales, like these are stories that have been told and retold a thousand times in the last 300 years. Like, do you find it difficult to bring your own, like to make it your own and to have your own story? specific vibe for these different stories honestly not so much I've kind of well I've always loved Grimm's fairy tales like I would read them them growing up including the really dark twisted ones I found them fascinating (laughs) (laughs) but part of that is because I like to try to look for fairy tales that are not super written like Goldilocks I haven't really heard any reruns of that one I have some other ones I don't want to release just yet that are not ones that I've seen 
you know, done a lot, but obviously Cinderella and Snow White, they've been done a lot, but I had really solid ideas for them when I wanted to write. Cinderella was actually my first idea and, but I didn't want to start on that one. So I kind of backed off and started with um, Poison Heart, which was Snow White. So I've always just kind of like wanted to retell these sta- these tales because I've loved them for so long. So it, it just kind of came easily. And I got really excited when I figured out how I could put extra twists in there, like how I can sneak in like a poison apple or how I can sneak in the three mice in Cinderella and like kind of put it under the audience nose, but they can find it if they're looking for it. That's awesome. Yeah. So I got to ask, like, obviously there's the most famous snow white and cinderella's are going to be the disney movies mm-hmm. how do you feel about like the disneyification of like those stories like growing up i'm assuming that you like most everyone has uh, was forced to watch those movies at least uh two or three times or loved them and in- and uh, forced other people to watch them a dozen <laughs> times. Yeah, I, I'm definitely one of the people who love them and forced other people to watch them a bunch of times. I mean, I've always, I again, I love fairy tales, but I didn't fall in love with the grim fairy tales until after I watched the Disney ones. And so I kind of always love looking at the comparisons. And in a sense, Disney is also a retelling of these fairy tales, mm-hmm. even though they are considered the originals by a lot of people. So it's kind of like just more inspiration to see like, well, what else can you do with it? If they can take something that's really, really grim, like the original story of uh, Cinderella or Snow White and twist it into this really sweet fluffy kids movie then what can I do with it for you know a young adult audience or something but I I love them I think they're still sweet on their own (laughs) it's just that that very like nostalgic like pure aesthetic to them so totally yeah yeah do you find (laughs) that the Disney movies ended up influencing your work or did you try to avoid that just I I tried to avoid it. It definitely happened in my Snow White book. My doors all have names that start with the letters of the original doors from uh, Disney. So that's probably the biggest hint to it, but I couldn't resist. You know, it's not like, I feel like a lot of readers are going to relate more to the Disney tales and the Grimm tales, despite the fact that those are what you retell off of. So it's kind of fun to put a little Easter egg in there to go to the people who are into Disney and they'll kind of feel special for noticing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun to put like little references in your books. I found that when writing, like yes. I, I'm just like I'm always looking for little opportunities to be like, what random reference can I make here? You know, <laughs> that's super fun. They're yeah. great. So it's, it's going to be interesting to go into like Reddit in like ten years and see if anybody has caught those like little references. Well, now that you've admitted it on the podcast, everybody. <laughs> Oh, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but if you can find them or not some of them are really obvious some of them not so much i do post like fun fact fridays on my facebook where i'll reveal oh, most cool. of them so they're already in on a lot of the secrets but <laughs> that's a good way to get people excited and get them like so that's a, that's a great segue to my next question you know like as an author um like what's your publishing process or not publishing, like your uh, marketing process been like? Cause I know for me, it's been very heavy on social media. And like, are there any other cool, like things you do to like engage with your audience? I, I mean, I'm all over social media right now. I just yeah. picked up TikTok and I don't know what I'm doing, but it's there. I'm yeah. trying. I don't recommend watching anything yet. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a follow right now. So oh, <laughs> well, oh thank yes. you. I, I, I've been, I've been having fun with TikTok you. lately. It's been great. So <laughs> 
But um, I do my fun fact Fridays every Friday on Facebook, which are a special treat even for me because I enjoy remembering these fun facts about like my writing process or little hidden things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like book quotes on Instagram. And I guess my one fun thing is I have a author Pinterest uh, page nice. where I will put idea boards of that I craft while I'm writing the book. And I will reveal that board when I reveal the title of my next book. So people can kind of get a sneak uh-huh. peek as to my inspirations and the aesthetics of it. Nice. And then once I get the cover image, I'll put the cover image out there to kind of cycle it all in. So one cool kind of thing that I've been doing. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, I haven't heard too much about like anybody like putting like a Pinterest mood board out. I've heard a couple artists like make uh, like playlists, but <laughs> I've done that too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, Will's a really talented artist, so I can tell that he's interested in the uh, the mood board and like putting a visual aesthetic to your writing. I think that's really cool. Hey, go for it. It was something that I actually learned to do in theater courses because every, because I did like lighting design courses and costume design courses and things like that. And in every single design course, they teach you to make a research board where it sometimes it's on Pinterest or it's on a PowerPoint or something, but you collect images of your inspirations for like how you want the mood to look, the lights to look, the costumes to look. And so it just kind of like kept going with me when I started writing. It's like, oh, I need to make my board. I need to go through and decide how I want to envision everything. And so that's kind of where that came from. And it's just stuck with me. That's awesome. I really like, I feel like I'm going to do that for my next book now too. I (laughs) bet it will help my writing and like the description and stuff, you know? It's great for imagery for like putting yourself like, you know, I need a winter forest scene and you look at it like, oh, I never thought to include icicles on tree branches or something, but now I see it. So (laughs) nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So as you're describing this, do you feel like that, like, if you're describing a scene, do you feel like going back to the mood board kind of helps you uh, add more of the uh, description to a specific scene or uh, is it more of just trying to get your head into like into the game per se? It's definitely a bit of both because I'll have both like, you know, scene images. So like, you know, a wood full of ice or maybe mm-hmm. a cottage that's supposed to be like the three bears house or something in Goldilocks um, or a garden from my Cinderella story. So sometimes it's for the visual of like describing. So I have something to picture when I'm writing about it. And other times they're just like mood things. So like maybe like, you know, a silhouette of a villain or something to kind of like make me think about the villain or a sword through a crown or something symbolic or it's kind of a little bit of both. It's it's both, you know, physical representation and emotional representation of the characters and kind of all of the, I also put a lot of costume inspiration on there because I love describing the clothes of my character. So there's a lot of like dresses and stuff like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Yeah. And I, I think describing like wardrobe and authenticity really adds a lot of, a lot of power to your character descriptions because what people choose to wear says like so much about the choices they're making and stuff. So it's a really good way to get character introspection and draw your reader in. So that's the thing I've always worked on to get better because I'm like fashion deficit in real life. So I'm like (laughs) always trying to do that in my stories. So that's really cool that you do that. Thank you. I loved the clothes are probably clothes and food are my two favorite things to describe in writing because it's either pretty or it smells good. And I like to think of both. So (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. So as as you're writing there, like, have you had a lot of trouble, like, kind of separating yourself out from uh, from the characters, or has that not even come up as an issue what, through, as part of the process? Not so much, except maybe towards kind of the end of the stories, because I have a new main character for each story. It takes 
pretty much to like almost in the book for me to like really really get attached to them where it's like this is my character you know like I I know them I know everything about them and then I finished the book I'm like oh well I guess we're done here so then I start <laughs> over with someone new but and I don't really like feel like so invested in my characters where it's like I'm thinking for them I really like to like I also like to write characters that are very different for me I like to write really like spunky sassy characters and I like I'm not that sassy, but they're pretty <laughs> out there. So I really like to kind of be flamboyant with them and just make them interesting. So I'm, I like to think outside of my own head to get into theirs a lot of the time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a really good approach to it. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, for our listeners who I'm sure are going to want to check out these books after hearing all about them, uh, I know you're on Amazon. What other uh, places can our listeners find your books at? I'm actually exclusively on Amazon, but I nice. am also on Kindle Unlimited. So if you are a subscriber to Kindle Unlimited, you can read my book for free right now. So yes. that's kind of fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I really like the way they do that where they still give authors like royalties because I'm exclusively on Amazon as well. And mm-hmm. I've made all books go for Kindle Unlimited because so for those listening, you can read it for free and still support the authors. So great mm-hmm. deal. Great deal. We appreciate it. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> And so does Will, because he gets a cut of all my profits because he did my cover designs for my books. Yes. (laughs) Yes. At least with one of the books. Yes. (laughs) And for all future ones, I'm holding you to that, Will. It was too good. Now you've got to do all of them, you know? (laughs) I I am certainly available for book covers. So also, if any other artists or any other authors out there looking for cover artists, like, I'm happy uh, happy to do cover art. Yes, we will have your social media link in the video description, and we'll, we'll put all of yours in there as well, Abigail, so everyone can follow you and support you, and we just really appreciate you coming on our podcast and talking. This was really fun. Thank you so much. It's been great being here. You guys are great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're awesome. I can't wait to read your books and uh, just really appreciate your process, and you're like the amount of content you've put out in such a short time is just like, everyone bow down to <laughs> Abigail. That's amazing. <laughs> So keep up oh, the awesome work. That's great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening to Nerds and Friends. <laughs>